We've still got a few more episodes of Books Closed Season 3 coming at you, but I want to wind everything down and start hearing even more feedback from all of you. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, good or bad, please hit up the Books Closed voicemail line at 857-444-0662, and you can be part of the show. You can be part of the conversation, quite literally. 857-444-0662. Get your thoughts out there on air, on Books Closed. And uh, yeah, thanks for that. This episode is sponsored by Machine Machine Co. and Eternal Inc. Hello, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome back. To another episode. Let me just sniff it out. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. As I was saying, welcome back to another episode of Books Closed. I am Andrew Stortz. And today, we're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about work-life balance. Or at least I'm going to talk about my own balance, or maybe lack thereof. Recently on my Instagram, I asked if any of you, the listeners, had any input on this topic. About relationships and how we balance our tatten with our families, with our home life, with our significant others. So I asked if you had any stories, advice, or thoughts about it to DM me or to use our voicemail line, and a handful of you did. So we'll get to some of those messages shortly. But first, I want to introduce you to the first and only guest to ever be on Books Closed that has no tattoos at all. I want to introduce you to Rachel Stortz, who also happens to be my wife. That's right. I know that looking at her and looking at me and knowing we have the same last name, you might assume she's my sister. <laughs> but no, we are married. We've been married for over three years, and we've been in a relationship for about 10 years, right? Something like that. Yeah? Yeah. Who's counting? (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Yeah. Well, I think work-life balance is something that we talk about a lot. And by talk about, I mean you make snide remarks when I don't do the right thing. That's true. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely do. But I don't want to diminish you too. I don't want to make it sound like you nag me all the time because that's not what I'm trying to say. No. And I think that's a dangerous narrative to spin in my own home. <laughs> it is. Watch yourself. <laughs> so a little background information. When we started dating, I was already tattooing, but I wasn't that far into it. I was probably, what, a year in? Mm, Less yeah. than two years into tattooing. So I was in it, but I wasn't a seasoned tattooer by any means. Maybe I'm still not. I don't know. But what do you remember of those times? Well, I think we should back it up a little bit to how we met. I think people might be curious as to how we came to be in a relationship. Do you really think that? People are are interested? If you're not interested, turn it off now. No, don't turn it off yet. (laughs) Wait till the ads run, then turn it off. Okay. I mean, would you say that we were introduced on a blind date? Okay, nobody cares about this. Yes, we were. Let's fast forward from there. Okay. Well, I think people do care because people want to know how we, you can't just be like, we started dating and that's like people, well, why, why would I date you? Why would you date me? Why would you date me? Well, initially, people want to know. I'm going to be honest. Initially, 
it was be- your beauty drew me in. But isn't that always the case? I guess. Because you don't get to know someone. I mean, I, I would instant. argue that that was the case. I think when we first met, you and I did not look at each other. We did not make eye contact at all. So why from there did we even go on a second date? I don't know. Well, why would you say we're in a relationship? <laughs> why would you say? I don't know. I think it's interesting. Why? I think I wanted to ask your reasoning on it. Well, I think the reason well, back then would be different than the reason now, right? Yeah, but a lot of people are interested in someone because they're good looking and then it fizzles out. Why did it continue on? Do you want me to compliment you on air right now? Uh, Sure. Well, I think a relationship blossoms because there is more than that. I don't think you, you can be with someone for 10 years just because they look nice because not that it fades away, but it, it becomes not enough after a certain point. Right. So I guess with everything that was going on in your life at the time and my life at the time, why do you think it was enough to maintain a relationship with me? Well, I think luckily you value a sense of humor and whatever sense of humor I possess, you liked it. Sure. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Don't try to act all cold in front of your friends on the podcast. Right. okay? Okay. Yeah. That's why I was interested in you. I think so. Okay. I think what I know about you from from about your past is you've valued humor in people that you you spent time with. That's true. Previous boyfriends, that sort of thing. Well, what did you value? Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I wasn't trying to draw out this section of this conversation, but the things that I valued about you was that I mean similarly, I think that we both jived in the humor department. We enjoyed spending time together. We did a lot of nothing. I think we sat in my shitty little apartment on my shitty futon for many hours watching television. That is true. And we would watch Netflix. We would get the DVDs in the mail. And So long ago. And I would, because I'm a considerate gentleman, I would say, you get to pick the DVD this time. Right, and I would, I would add the DVDs to my list in my iPod because I didn't even have a, a smartphone back then. Yeah, you had a flip so phone. I'd, I'd make a list in my iPod notes of what I wanted to watch and then I'd let you know. Okay. Can we fast forward now? Yep. All right. Let's talk about how our lives balance with both of our work. What do you do for a living now? Because you were Cur- in college when we met. Right. I currently work for a background screening company. I do criminal background checks. You're a private investigator. I am I'm I think that my private investigator license expired a few months ago, but I technically was a private investigator. <laughs> for being technical about it. Okay. So, we do very different things. Mm-hmm. What are some of the biggest challenges in your eyes uh, of being married to me? I think you specifically, your personality is so obsessive with whatever you're interested in at the time. So with tattooing, it's just an all-consuming thing. And with the podcast going on at the same time, for example, this particular time in life is really challenging. You're obsessive about the tattooing. You're obsessive about the podcasting. And so when you come home, it's like, go, 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 everything. So I would say that the most challenging thing for me is to get your attention if I need to talk to you about something. So, for example, when you come home, um, 
you're on your phone all the time and that's really tough. So I'll make like lists in my phone of things I need to talk to you about. So I'll wait till you're, I have your undivided attention. So when you're driving or you're doing dishes, I'll have to wait to talk to you, (laughs) which I think that when I bring things up like that, you're like, oh my God, it's not that bad, but it's, it can be really tough sometimes. I think that's what frustrates me the most. It's just when I need to talk to you and you're just like on your phone constantly. And it's not like you're being rude or you're uninterested in talking to me it's like you're just so into what you're doing that it's just completely consuming you and you have no time for anything else that's tough overall do you think that we have a strong relationship yes and and i think that we we communicate well but i know that this topic has been a chronic thing in our relationship more or less the entire time to different degrees it's different now yeah um, because i think now you know how it is and how I am. Yeah, look, it's about finding the right compromise. And usually one person needs to compromise more than the other person. That's just how it is. So you've made changes and I've made changes so that we don't feel like we have a disconnect and we feel like we can spend the time we need to with each other. So you took Saturdays off fairly recently. And I think before Five that- years ago. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. It was a few years ago. It was like six years ago. (laughs) I don't think so. We'll say three years ago, maybe. So I think before we moved to New Hampshire, I never worked Saturdays. That's not true. That is true. Yeah, we lived in Portsmouth when you started working. You took uh, Saturdays off. You lived in Portsmouth. Anyway, so it's been five years. But I agree that that was a huge thing. Yeah, it was a huge made a big difference because we had moved in 2014 to New Hampshire from upstate New York. We're both from the same hometown, but we didn't know each other until later. In like when when we started dating, we met and we never knew each other because we're four years in age apart. So we never went to high school together or anything like that. We moved to New Hampshire together in 2014. So we'd been together what four years at that point. Mm-hmm. So and that was a move based on a work opportunity that I had. Right. Yeah. So I followed. I followed you to New Hampshire. Yeah. For your work. And the first year was extremely difficult. Right. We didn't. I think see that was the other. hardest. That was the hardest year that we've ever had. Yeah. I think you worked until eight or nine. I worked days and I worked early in the morning. So when you got home, I was in bed probably, and then we didn't see each other in the morning. So we didn't really see each other much. And I think on weekends you were also working. And I, it was hard for me because I didn't know anybody in the town. So I was pretty isolated. That, yeah, that was the toughest thing because at your job that you had when we first moved, you were not working with people your age or people that, no. that you could. I wasn't working with anyone. Yeah. It was isolated in my work life and my personal life. And I moved away from my family, which is such a big deal for me. So I think I felt like I was making a huge sacrifice for your work, but it obviously felt for me like it was something I needed to do and I'm glad that I did it. But I think initially I was the one that made the big sacrifice. And then when you took Saturdays off so that we could have that one day where we spent time with each other only, that was huge. And that changed a lot. I think my life improved dramatically after that. I hope yours did too, because it made it easier on you. You know, to listen to my bitching all the time. Yeah, I, but I, I never try to characterize you that way because that's not how I feel. Yeah. You do bitch. 
about yeah, things. I know. But I wouldn't say that you're you're a bitch or you're like someone who bitches about everything at all times because that's never really been the case. No, which but- I'm glad for. And uh, I don't know. I think I felt pressure when we moved from myself, which is I guess where most pressures come from for anyone that. Tattooers don't take weekends off. That's the time. That's when the money's just getting thrown at you in stacks. Mm-hmm. And I think I didn't even want to ask for the weekend off because I didn't want to sound like a chump. Right. And I didn't want to sound like I wasn't on board and I wasn't a team player. And I think it, I also, it was the first time I had changed shops. So before that, I worked six years at the shop that I started learning the tattoo at. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to expect. Um, I mean, I was like relatively confident in my skills, but obviously after six years, you're not really established in that either. And I knew that. And um, I was really nervous. I remember saving a ton of money before we moved because I just thought I'm not going to make a dollar for years and I need to be ready for it. Luckily, that wasn't the case um, because I was working at a shop that had, it was busy. It was a busy shop. It didn't really matter who you were. And if you could keep up, then you'd make more money. And I think that's why I thought I, I needed to be there on weekends. Yeah. And I don't time. even know that I understood how big of a compromise you were making at that time. I was just like, well, why can't you take a day off with me? And I didn't understand why it was such a big deal. I do now. And I'm like extremely grateful that you did that. But it right. was it was tough before that. I think we had a really hard time. Yeah, it was just everything piled up, I think, made it difficult. And I think that was definitely the most trying year that we had together as far as our relationship. And I remember, I wouldn't say endless, but a handful of times where we were really just like sitting in a room silent together, like not knowing what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew, I know how close you are to your family and I know how difficult it was for you to move. And I knew that you were apprehensive before we moved. So even then I knew how much you were giving up yeah or how much you were doing to like be part of the move and the change that was you know more or less just for me right but I know that it was also a good change for you because where we used to live there's not a ton of opportunity yeah I definitely needed the change as well and I think that this might be something a lot of people can relate to because I think tattooers do tend to move around a bit and it's not far-fetched to kind of feel like you're starting over in a lot of cases. And in in many of those instances, there will be a significant other attached to that, whether they're just coming along because of your thing, or maybe they've got an opportunity as well. But yeah, for us, it it was definitely for me. And uh, thanks for that. Thanks for doing that. Thank you for doing I mean, yeah, we could have easily just said goodbye to each other. I could have stayed where I was from. You could have moved on. And that could have been the end of it. So Well, before that, I had had an opportunity elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And it was like right after you finished college. Mm-hmm. And you were not ready to move and you were not interested in moving to where that opportunity was. It was way too far for me. And for me at that time, in my eyes, it was such a great, it was a shop that I dreamed of working at. It was like a dream opportunity. And at first in my head, I thought there's no way I can not do this. Because it was definitely like the biggest opportunity. I guess in my head at the time, I thought I'll never get a chance like this again. But you were not with that. No. And so I made the choice to not take it, to not take the job offer that I had then. And it was heartbreaking, but also 
not as much as I thought it was going to be because I I think that was like a pivotal point where I realized that our relationship was that important to me. Yeah. And I think it takes those kind of decisions to maybe see that. Yeah, that's a huge We were young too. We were really young. Early 20s. Yeah. It's kind of crazy that you made that decision. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'm sure I was scared about it too because it would have been a big move for me. But to make that move alone, that would have been really difficult. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that would have turned out. I know that the, the work part of that move would have been cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you found another opportunity that worked for both of us. But I think in that moment, it must have been just really tough to have to choose. Yeah. And we weren't together that long. So right. it's not like now if you were choosing to move somewhere and I had to decide if I was going to go with you. I mean, we weren't together for an extremely long amount of time. So Right. So what we're saying is that relationships are hard. <laughs> they are hard. <laughs> T- it takes a lot. Yeah. What do you feel like the hardest part in our relationship is in terms of your work-life balance? I feel like I'm constantly disappointing you. Mm-hmm. I know. Not in the sense that, I don't know. I feel glad that we don't we don't argue in a way where like our relationship is on the line at all times. I don't know. I feel like when we argue you're more bummed than I am a lot of times. Yeah, probably. <laughs> because I never feel like, well, I, is this the rest of my fucking life? Can I not do, like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I, with you, I've ne- I haven't felt that. No, and I think the reason that you feel like you're disappointing me, it's actually... Because I am. It's not, well, no, and it's not a horrible thing. I think I wouldn't be disappointed if I had low standards, but I have high standards with you because you are great. Most of the time. And I know that you make sacrifices and compromises and I know that you do the right thing most of the time in my eyes. So I think, yeah, when you do something that I don't perceive is the right thing that you should be doing with us, I think I do get disappointed. And I I try to work on that because I know that you've prioritized our relationship so many times. And you have chosen us over work things. And I know that that's a big deal and I do appreciate it. Well, I think that I've, I have learned a lot from you. Hmm, tell me more. Right. Well, <laughs> well, we've talked about this, or at least I hope I have. Hmm. You can, t- you can tell me again. We should do podcasts all the time. Refresh my memory. This is great. Well, no, I truly, I feel like I have grown and matured in, even in my own work habits and stuff because of you, because you've given me something else that I want more than work mm-hmm. at times. And that's always where the weird thing can be. And it's never, I, I often feel like you, you view things as me choosing work over you. Yeah. And to me, it's never one or the other. I mean, it's a selfish thing. Right. I Obviously, think, I want it all. Yeah. I and think I, I have I a hard time. That understanding things sometimes because in my brain I think you and I are just so different in so many ways in my brain it's like well I can compartmentalize things in my life so I come home and it's like okay I'm not I don't bring work home with me and that's a 
huge difference. And I think that's why we have a hard time relating to each other sometimes. So I go to work, I work, leave it there. Sometimes I come home, I don't even want to talk about work. You'll ask me how my day is. I don't even want, I don't want to talk about it. I just I don't know what else to say. 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's sometimes we don't have anything to say, but I, I don't want to talk about it. I go to work, leave work there, come home, do housework. Then if I have hobbies that I want to do, that's separate and they don't bleed into each other. Everything's just separate. So you don't have that with your work. You come home, you bring it home. It permeates into every other aspect of your life. It's just, it's different. So I think we have a hard time relating to each other in terms of how our brains work. Well, it's tough because tattooing never ends. There's always something that you could or should be doing, or at least that's how I feel about it. Yeah. And I know you know that. Yeah. Through experience and because we've talked about it, but it's tough when you don't bring work home. But I th I don't know. You do a lot at home to keep the ship afloat. Right. I think that's another... We don't have kids. Let's say this. We, we, don't, we don't have children at all. We've got a couple dogs and a cat. We do not have children, and that's another huge layer that like, we can't even really touch on because we don't have that to our life. That would be very difficult. Yeah, I can't even imagine trying to balance everything that we're doing now and then adding kids on top of that. I have no idea how we would do it. And sometimes when I think about it, because we've talked about kids a lot in the last year or two. Mm -hmm. um, I'm 33. Rachel's turning 30 Next soon, month. in like a month or so. And so we're at that point where it's like, you know, you kind of got to get on with it in the next little bit or at least know what you want. And we always just feel like we're back and forth. Um, but I know that I would have to give up so much of my work stuff to make that work. Same. I think we both would. I, I don't want, I have no intentions of being a stay-at-home mom. No. I would go crazy. I just like can't even relate to any of that at all. Right. So, where were we going with that? I don't know. I just wanted to point that out because I think a lot of people's complicated situations oh, yeah. are because, I mean, when, once you have kids, it's a whole it's a whole other thing. Right. And people with kids are probably listening to us like, man, I remember those days. It was so easy back then. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree. I'm, you're right. You're yeah. totally right. But somehow it's just you and I and we still struggle to balance everyday life sometimes. Well- as you've informed me many times, I sh I take every second and like stretch it and try to fit as many things as possible. Mm -hmm. And it's often more than what's possible. And so you'll see me stressed out, but it's all self-inflicted. Yeah, I think one of your former podcast guests had mentioned that as tattooers, you take on so much, but you you are in control of what you take on. You can say no to things you can choose what you do. And I sometimes it seems like you don't even get that. Like, you, I have to do this. I have to do this. Well, you're imposing everything on yourself. Do you really have to do it? Yes. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> I do, though. And that's, that's, and I understand I'm in control. I know that. And I know that I can change and I can adapt. And I'm not saying that I'm like, I mean, my worst quality is time management. By yeah, far. I 100% agree I'm with that. late for everything. Never been on time. I Everything I do, if I tell you it's going to take 30 minutes, it takes two hours, I just can't. I've got too much going on, and I can't focus on it. And I've gotten a lot better, but 
I have way more to tighten up. Yeah, I think adapt. sometimes I resent you because it's like, well, you can you make all these things happen for yourself, but why I don't have the time because I'm doing these things at home because you can't do them because you're doing the podcast stuff and I come home and I take care of the pets and I do the dishes I take and care the laundry. Of the pets too. I know. But I do a lot of stuff around. You you basically in yeah. terms of housekeeping. You're a master chef. You do a lot. Yeah, you after I cook, work. I clean, I do all of it and you don't have to lay a finger on anything in the house, which is nice. And I I struggle with I pitch in. I don't up. want it to sound like I treat you I have antiquated views of like no, gender it's not roles. True. No, it's not true. And I part of it is that I have this like anxiety that the house has to be a certain way because I have Which is fine. I have issues. It's but, my own house. Yeah, it's my house and I want it to feel like home. But sometimes I think, well, I have thing like I want to be making something or doing this or doing that and because I can't very do it. Cre- yeah, you're very creative as well. And I know that there's things you want to do and I often encourage you to do it, but I know that maybe the same pressures that I feel doing the stuff that I do are the the pressures that force you to do the things that maybe you don't want to do. Yeah, I prioritize things differently. I'm not going to right. sit down and make little weird clay people if there's a pile of dishes in the sink or... There never is. Because I do them first. Always. Okay. Dishes was my job for a long time and then you took it well, from me because you said I was too Well, when we're in podcast slow. season, you don't have time for anything. So I understand that I need to take on... Some tasks, and I do understand. I that's what I mean is that right. I try to not say anything to you about it. I try to just let it go. And I see that, yeah, because it has gotten better, or at least you've given up fighting it. <laughs> yeah, I fought it hard last year. I know it was tough, and I did take some weeks off this year, which was good because what happens is the show comes out on Mondays, and often I'll be up and on Sunday night after working all day. All night. Until 3 a.m. There was one, one, one Sunday this season where, yeah, you were getting up work. for work and I was still out in the living room on the couch. I was filled with rage because it's like, why do you do this to yourself? Why can't, yeah, the time management thing is like, why can't you just figure it out? Like, I have such an easy time with managing things in my life and I just, I sometimes I can't understand why you can't just get your shit together. Well, a lot of people also wonder that. I see comments and they wonder why I don't put out more shows which would make your head explode. People aren't thinking about work-life balance. They're thinking about why aren't you... Well, I tattoo full-time still. Right. I'm tattooing as much as I ever have. Probably more because... Yeah, it's like working two full-time jobs. Yeah, in a sense. And so I have... I take two days off from tattooing a week, like many people probably do. And I have one day where... I'm alone and I can do other stuff. So I I have to fit all my other stuff into one day. And then Saturdays, it's our day. And I've gotten very good. I don't do work stuff. There are exceptions sometimes. Mm -hmm. But very rarely. I would say the majority of time, we're off doing whatever we want to do, which is fantastic. And I've learned to really love that and look forward to it. Because I think I had a lot of guilt of taking time off because of all these other things I should be doing. In my head, should be. But now, I've just given that up. And Saturday is just not on the table. And so I don't plan for it. I don't try to do stuff. Unless it's like my life's going to end because I don't do something. And you're very generous with allowing me to do work on Saturdays three times a year. Yeah, that's fair. So, and I guess that's just part of the give and take. Yeah. So I think we've gotten better at it, but... Yeah, I think the biggest thing is we just try to understand each other a little bit more. And 
I put myself in your shoes and I just I can understand that it's tough for you like you said you're it's not like you're choosing work over me you're just trying to fit it all in and that's that's fine I have a lot of ideas you do have a lot of ideas and I don't pursue most of them but I do a lot of things and like my hobbies are never just hobbies and I think that's where we differ as well because you do stuff that's just fun and you do it and you enjoy it yeah. everything I do turns into a job that's the and other it's thing. always been that way. Yeah, and and that's where I have to tell myself, look, he's making money for our life. It's not a hobby. I think the podcasting thing at first, I was like, okay, this is a hobby. But then you start making money f- from it, and it's, it, you're not keeping that money for yourself. It's for our life. So, yeah, I can't really complain about that. Yeah, it's tough because when I first started making like comedy video stuff on YouTube, you were a massive part of that. We did all that stuff together. Yeah, that that felt different from the podcasting because I was yeah. super into that. Yeah, I we had a that. lot of fun with that, doing costumes and characters and you helped me flesh out stories and all kinds of stuff. Like that was our thing. Yeah. And anytime that I was on camera, you were holding the camera. Like you shot a huge amount of all those videos. And that was cool because we could do it together. And uh, I think when the podcast happened, it was, I've just been doing it alone. And you haven't been part of it. Um, what did you think when that happened? Did it bother you? Did yeah, you feel I think like- I was kind of disappointed because we were really strong on the video thing for a while and we were having fun and it was something that we could work on together and I don't think you didn't feel guilty about it at all. And so when you started doing the podcast and that other stuff kind of stopped, it was, yeah, it was kind of sad. Because I knew that you were spent, you were spending all this time. There's nothing I could really help with, and there's just no place for me in the podcasting thing. And yeah, yeah, it was it was tough. And I felt even during that video stuff, though, that there were some challenges in that you would be part of shooting stuff and like the fun part of it, but the whole other side of it. Yeah, uh, I had no time for the <laughs> file management and editing and the editing. No patience. Finding music to license and like all the stuff that's not as fun, you had no patience for it. No. So you'd be all about it and then if I was sitting down and doing editing on it, it you you just had it acted I felt a lot of times like you acted as if you didn't understand what I was even working on. As if you hadn't been part of like the whole I idea formation. I just had formation. no patience. I had no patience for it. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I'm just, I'm difficult sometimes. You know that. Do you, But do you realize it in the moment? Yes, I do. So why? I think if it happened now and I could, I, we were just, that was like the first project we worked on together. And I, why can't it all be fun? I just couldn't understand. I, I understand now. It's a lot of work. It's not just you shoot a video and you upload it. I understand you put so much work into everything. But that's another thing is I think you think that I put too much work into most things. Yeah. I think if it's something that we were working on together, I could understand it, but I don't know. It's dumb. Let's move on. (laughs) Here are a few words from our sponsor this week, Machine Machine Co. What makes this different from the standard Machine Machine workshops is that this is a live Q&A only. A lot of times I'll have tattooers ask me, Um, something really simple like how to get rid of chatter 
on their machine or you need to know how to get your coil off and it's fused to the frame or the screw is stuck or you need to know what why their machine gets hot. This isn't something that um, there's one answer to. This is something that there needs to be a back and forth about. This monthly live Q&A session will allow you to hop online, ask any question you want pertaining to machines and have it answered immediately. The way this works is on a month-to-month -month subscription basis. These live workshops are a minimum of 90 minutes and they're all archived. You don't always have time to wait around for someone like me to fix your machine. Get online, ask your question what to do, and let's sort it out right away in real time. Head over to machinemachine.co to learn more about Seth Safari's live stream Q&A membership. A huge thank you to Eternal Inc. for sponsoring this episode, where it starts with one color. We've seen it happen a million times, so we know all about it. It always starts innocently. You're curious, you're tempted, suddenly there's a phone in your hand, you're making the call, you're buying a small bottle of Eternal Ink just to try it. In a few short weeks, there's a fresh set of Eternal Ink standard set of 67 colors sitting proudly on your tabaret. We understand, we know what's coming next. A month later, the Halo set, the Mike Chambers set, the Rember set, and the Motor City set all arrive on the same day. You're in heaven. That's 113 colors so far. Tomorrow will be the perfect day. It's a day you've been thinking about for over a month. In just 16 hours, Liz Cook, Frank Lenatra, Brian Sanchez, and Kelly Doty will be at your door. No, not the artists, but their ink sets. You are hooked on eternal ink. Your tattoo art is better than ever. Your list of appointments will take years to finish. You're ecstatic. You are also still buying a lot of Eternal Ink, maybe too much, but maybe not. Either way, Eternal Ink may have pulled you from a drab, colorless rut of tattoo art. They may have changed your life, and for that, on behalf of this podcast and Eternal Ink, I apologize, even though they meant for that to happen this way. <laughs> Head on over to EternalTattooSupply.com where they're offering a 20% discount off the full retail price on all Eternal Ink colors. Offer includes both single bottles and full sets in all available sizes. Excludes combination with other offers not to be used with the Color of the Week promotion. To receive this discount, enter the promo code BOOKSCLOSED at checkout and that is at EternalTattooSupply.com. Promo code BOOKSCLOSED for 20% off your order of Eternal Ink colors. Overall, I would say that you're very fair. Thank you. Sometimes I feel like you think I'm being outrageous. In some instances, that's how it, that's how it feels. Yeah. But I know big picture, I, I see the changes that you've made. Yeah, and it's like I chose this life too. I kind of knew what I was getting myself into after being together for a few years. You I chose the tat see. life. I chose the tat life. And it's and like, you hate tattoos. I have no tattoos. I don't hate tattoos. I know you think that. I don't, I, that's just not like a scene that I'm into. Obviously, I don't have any tattoos. I don't I feel like you're, cri care. you're overcritical of tattooing in general. And I don't know if it's because it's like a jealousy thing. No. Or if jealousy is even the word. Or if you just like, it represents negative things in your life so you just lash out on it like the way you talk about tattoo stuff sometimes you're like very condescending <laughs> i think that i know i know you think that and i think it's just tough because it's like well why it's like an excuse it's like well 
I'm living this tat life. And so have I, I ever ca- said that? No, you don't have to say it. It's just like, it's just this like, I come home wearing sunglasses and I'm like, look, <laughs> look, toots. I'm living the tat it's life. It's just the way that like, I've look, I have no tattoos. I've spent so much time in tattoo shops. No, you haven't. I have spent so much. No, you have More than any You avoided at all costs. That's, I spent so much. And that's another thing is like the other day you said something like, well, you couldn't, it kills you to spend time in there. Like we, I, that's such a double standard. I would never expect you to come to my work and sit there and like linger while I'm working. So why would you expect me to go to your shop and like hang out? It's different. It's work. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's not fair. Tattoo shops are fair. like a social environment. Not fair. I get no. that, but like, why would I go socialize at your work? Like, well, I, I like it being separate. No, I do too. Don't get me wrong. I like that it's separate, but I feel like you're almost, you don't, you, like, you do not want to be at the ta- tattoo shop at all. Like, if I'm finishing up and I know you're driving home from work and my work is on the way home from yours and I say, oh, meet me at the shop and we'll go grab dinner. You're like, no. It's just because I don't want to come pick me up drive at home. home after. <laughs> Is it though? Yeah. All right. I'm fine. I can do it. I can I, do it in I, small doses. It's fine. I just don't want to hang out there. No. Yeah, it's just awkward like for me. You, no, I get it. I get it. I like that you're not there all the time, but sometimes it would be nice if you yeah, popped in. That's I, all. Yeah. But it would be nice to. if you it's popped under. into my job too. But would you like that? Sure. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. I'll be there on Monday. All right. All day. I actually just got a job there. You're going to have to start doing some background checks. They're going to need someone. All right. I got the job. <laughs> My resume is really perfect you for that. I haven't had a resume since 1992. <laughs> it's been 17 years. 17? That's probably been like way more than that. I've never had a resume. You've never had a real job. Okay. That's a good statement to segue with. Okay. Real job. What do you just, do you tattoo part-time or do you have like a real job on the side? (laughs) Yeah, my dentist asked me that yesterday. (laughs) She said, oh, do you do that full-time? I said, yes. Believe it or not. There was something I wanted to talk about. What? I don't remember. I mean, we should just play the guy's shit so I can comment on it. (laughs) The guy's shit. Yeah, you got a little preview of some of the messages we got. You you might have rolled your eyes at some of them, Let's but that's what I want, and that's why I wanted you on here because you are a stark contrast. If I talked to any tattooer about this, we would probably be in agreement about the whole thing. Like, oh, sometimes my significant other or my family doesn't understand that I need to devote everything to this sacred craft, and they don't get it because they are not part of it, and I get that too. Does the other person in the relationship not get to have those things either? Like I have things right. that I really care about and I really wish that I could do, but we can't, it it can't happen. What about when two tattooers are in a relationship together? What do you think that's like? I don't know. I'd like to hear someone's perspective on that because I feel like it would be easier because you're in sync and you go, and, but maybe it's harder because it's too much. Like what sometimes to be honest, sometimes I feel like and I've had the thought, would it be better if you were married to someone who was a tattooer? Would life be better for you? Would you be happier if would I be happier if I was married to some like some normie? Some dork. Do have you ever had that thought? Be um, honest. I mean, I've never longed for it, but of course you gotta consider what your life is and what it could be and 
before we were married, I really reflected on, is it the right choice? Because how old were you when we got married? You were 26? Yeah. So I, I, my biggest apprehension in getting engaged was that I didn't, I knew that when I was 26, I wasn't looking to be married and I was very sensitive to not wanting to make you feel like you had to be married. I think I was okay with it. Sucker. I think that we had lived our life for how many years up until that point? Six years and... Well, it sounds like you didn't live much of a life according to what you were saying before. I lived fine. I think it was easier before. <laughs> I think it marriage... I didn't think it changed things, but it definitely changes things. You think long-term. You think, is this how the rest of my life is going to be? And I know that you and I have both had thoughts when we get into an argument, which is rare, but... I've we, never thought this is it. No, but it's more like, wow, is this how everything's going to be forever? Mm-hmm. Like, are you? am I going to resent you forever? Jesus. I don't. Turn the cameras off. <laughs> I don't, but we've had times like that where it's like, well, what if we didn't do this? Well, are you okay with that feeling? Yeah. Well, I know... Well, when I ask myself that, it's it's not like, well, this is never going to work. But when I was younger, I definitely had thoughts where it's like, well. As you should. Right. Is this how it's going to be? Like, I think when you're young, you should be selfish. Yeah. If that's what that is, like, I don't know. Yeah, I think that our, we have a small age gap, but I think it definitely comes into play sometimes where we're at different points in our life. And like now you just seem, you're really, um. Really cool and established. <laughs> you're, you're established, and I'm like a bit younger. I'm still trying to figure it all out. So I think that plays into it a bit. It's like when your mom references some TV show from 1965, and then when we're with you and uh, people, like your friends that are your age, but she'll look to me like I know what it is. You just have to nod and say, yeah, I Sometimes remember. I know, <laughs> but I think that's funny. She thinks I'm like 30 years older than you <laughs> Sometimes she just wants someone to relate to. Just go with it. I'm into it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like we're talking about wondering what it's like for um, a multi tattooer relationship. We can throw it to a little clip with tattooer Greg Christian and tattooer Cindy Strumple, who have been married for years. And We can see what it's like for them because they kind of came from a different time as well as far as they've been tattooing for a long time. And um, I got to talk to them, I don't know, a few months ago, maybe more at this point. But I asked some of these questions because I was curious about what their relationship was like. And I know that Greg travels a lot and Cindy gets out there a bunch too, but I think she stays closer to home because I know that they've got responsibilities at home and the shop and all that sort of thing. And, um, And Greg's out there doing it, so... Let's check in with them. We'll get a little clip of that, and then we'll be back, and we can continue this, and we'll listen to some of those messages and read through some of the emails that we got, and we can um, we can watch Rachel roll her eyes at these tattooers who feel like their lives are so hard. Right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm here. Greg. Cindy. Cindy. Greg. <laughs> Uh, I would say that you've both been requested multiple times to be on the show. Really? Really. So we're killing two birds with one stone here. And I'm completely unprepared, but usually that yields the best results. But the obvious question that I'm interested in 
or maybe not so obvious, is what is it like being two married tattooers? (laughs) Because I think a lot of people are familiar with the one tattooer relationship. But to me, the multi-tattooer marriage seems like a beautiful thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what do you mean? Well, I mean, we work together, but not really. Our schedules aren't to the point where we work actually with each other. Yeah. And he travels a lot, so he's never home. Right. Um, I mean, we're at the shop a lot together. Yeah. But as far as, like, understanding what it is to do this job, because I know that in my own relationship, there's a lot of... uh, there's some friction due to the obsessive nature that people who tattoo tend to have that I certainly have where you're always working and it never shuts off and you're always taking pictures of flowers you walk by in the street and you can never just have a nice walk or you're taking pictures of statues, not because you think it's cool, but because you're going to trace it later. Right. Well, and, and, and I think for people like you who are married to somebody who is not in the industry, they don't understand that tattooers don't run on a schedule. Um, I think I've ran into that mostly with my friends who I was friends with that were married or dating tattooers that we worked with Mm -hmm. and they're late for dinner or they're not home on time. Um, But I mean, we're in the industry together, so we understand it. Yeah. I, I mean, let's put it this way. Sometimes I don't understand it because he will stay at the shop all day, all night and I cook dinner. And I, and I know what it's about, you know? Right. And I get upset sometimes, too. Sure. Well, yeah, it's always going to happen. There's always going to be something. But let's put it all out on the table right now. Are you annoyed that Craig travels so much? Um, Actually, no. No? I'm not. No. I wish I could travel with him more. Yeah. Um, No, I know that that's what he likes to do. He does it. And I think it helps our relationship, too, sometimes. And I like my alone time sometimes. Yeah. I like sometimes he's home too long. I'm like, don't you have somewhere to go? <laughs> <laughs> and I've cut cut back quite a bit this year. Yeah, he's been home a lot this year. Yeah. But in the in the past the travel schedule was a lot heavier. Yeah. And I think it did put a lot of stress on our relationship at times. It did for a minute. Because it just makes everything more hectic. Well, you get kind of used to someone being gone, so you kind of become you know, accustom them not being there and then they get home and then they're doing this and then you're not happy about it or, you know. Right. I mean, it takes a lot of understanding uh, from her. At this point in my career, I've been tattooing for 28 years and I've been pretty obsessed with with tattooing and working and that's all I want to do. And uh, I would come home and as soon as I would get home, I would be anxious to to leave again, to work somewhere, to travel, to go somewhere. And I think, you know, she's a tattooer, so she she understands it a little bit. But I think a lot of it's it's probably really selfish on my part, you know. But I'm trying to to feed this this need to to tattoo and to work and. He's a workaholic. We don't go anywhere unless he can work. If he can't work, we don't go. I I want to do a vacation. There's no vacation in his forecast. Right. Well, there's always somewhere you can 
tattoo for a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. That's the thing. That's what my wife always says that nothing ever happens unless it's what I want to do and it's a work thing. Because she said, oh, you know, let's take a weekend off. And I'm like, oh, shit, I can't take another Sunday off. But then it's like, oh, I'm taking the next two Sundays off to go record podcasts or something. Right. And it's like obviously just something that I've chosen related. to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it's like every hobby I have turns into work. So then I'm just doing whatever I want. And I get that that's hard, but I, I can relate, Greg, that it's just like the obsession and it's all you think about. And some, I used to feel it a lot where I would go home after work and I would just kind of like wait for her to go to sleep so I could draw more or paint more or whatever. And it felt like it was guilt-free, but she knows what's going on, and that's kind of shitty. And I've kind of adjusted it in the past couple of years, but I don't know. It's tough to find the balance. Well, and I get it, too. He he wants to – I mean, you never know in, in this industry with the traveling and the way these guys work, how long is that going to last, you know? How long are they going to be able to go away and go to all these cool places and all hook up in the same places, you know, the group of them and, and work together – you know, and so I get that they're doing it because it works, you know, but I, I want to spend some time too. Right. Because what's the purpose of life? <laughs> tatting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cindy, how long have you been tattooing? Um, 30, I'm on 39 years. 39 years. Yes. That's more than most. That's, I don't. It's usually older than most of my customers. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's older than me. So what, how did you get into tattooing? Um, I actually fell into it. I got tattooed, became obsessed with it, hung out at the tattoo shop, watched constantly, became friends with the girl that tattooed me. And she had a daughter at the time. So I was a poor, you know, teenager. I was 18 and I thought, hmm, this girl needs a babysitter. How about I babysit her kid and trade for tattoos? So when she needed a babysitter, I babysat, and then I picked out tattoos. And um, after being there at the shop for a while, uh, I think I was there for an entire summer. When I wasn't working, I was at the tattoo shop. So I kind of see how he gets, you know, I did that, but I did that a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I was obsessed with it. And um, I think after a while, they finally were thought I was interested in getting a job. I never... Even It never even actually crossed my mind. Never even thought I would be a tattooer. And they asked me if I wanted tattoos. So I said, sure, I'll try it. I apprenticed for three months and then they stuck me in a shop. Do you think at that time it just didn't seem like an option because there weren't a lot of women tattooing? Um, or was it just didn't you know, cross your I really, mind? It didn't even cross my mind. I didn't even really, really realize. I mean, I knew there were a lot of men, but there were two women tattooing at the places that I was going to. So yeah. I didn't know that there weren't that many. I didn't really know a lot about tattooing. Right. I didn't grow up with it. Nobody in my family had tattoos. I had a babysitter who had a tattoo. That's where the idea came from. That's all it took. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, Greg, how what was your beginning in tattooing like? Um, Were you babysitting? No, no babysitting. <laughs> um I mean, my my first exposure to tattoos, I think, with a lot of people was uh, on a family member. My great-grandfather had a tattoo on his arm, and I remember asking about it as a little kid. And he told me that he traded a, a bum a pair of shoes, and the bum gave him the tattoo. I have a feeling that he was lying to me. <laughs> uh, I think he was in the military, so... 
it probably happened that way. <laughs> that, that was the first tattoo that I ever saw. And then one of one of my good friends, he he joined the Navy. He came home with some tattoos, and uh, that's when I really got kind of my eyes open open to it and started getting tattooed. You want to get into some of these messages? Get into it. Let's get into some of these messages here that were sent in, shall we? Yes. Okay. So after I'd posted on my story. Instagram story soliciting wisdom and stories and experiences from you, the listeners. Lil underscore Ed underscore Tampos said, yes, I'm excited to hear this one. The balance between being a spouse and dad and devoting everything to tattooing is super tough. And I agree. I can relate to that, not to the being a dad, but you just feel this pressure and it's self-imposed, but I, it's just like a constant feeling in my head that I, I even have a hard time having or letting myself have leisure time because I always feel like I should be doing something else. And especially when I was earlier in tattooing, I felt that if I had any other interests or hobbies that I was doing a disservice to my customers because I wasn't putting every single second into it. Cause every tattoo is kind of like a frozen permanent moment in time. And so if you weren't doing everything you could to prepare for their moment, then it wasn't fair. So I gave up a lot. I mean, I went to music school and again, I don't want to sound like I'm acting like a martyr because I'm not, but I went to music school. I played drums my entire life. And once I started tattooing, I gave it all up by choice because I didn't want to devote any uh, ounce of attention to that or anything. So it's weird. And, And since then I've found that it's actually a good thing to have other interests, but I think it, it comes with finding a level of comfort in your own abilities um, to feel like that's an okay thing. But really to like diversify what you're focused on is one of the best things you can do, especially to sustain yourself long-term. Let's see. From Z underscore Zilm said, Right now I am active duty Air Force, part-time tattooing at a shop, have a wife and two kids. Basically, my hair falls out is how I balance it all. Jesus. I think that... That's a lot. I wonder if having kids is like, it just makes it easier for your spouse to understand. It's like, well, he's doing it for our family. He's doing it for our kids. Like That makes sense to me. Why doesn't it make sense when you go to work that I'm like, he's doing it for our, our life? Well, I think being active duty Air Force, which is probably more person. than full time, and then part time tattooing, which is probably evenings or whatever days off from the real main job that's a lot more than making a fucking podcast sometimes well yeah but it seems like it's like you have to do you got to do that stuff so that you can provide for your family but for me it's like well you why do you you don't have to work that much he does though because he has a family well everyone everyone's got different needs and that's true it's hard to kind of generalize about like making a living and what is enough um, see another message here. MT underscore tattooer wrote, my advice to anyone who asks is to always spend the most time on things that are most important. Children and marriages come first. People's lives can end at the drop of a hat. But if you're still around, you can go to the shop the very next day and tattoo, paint, etc. 
You can't ever get more time with loved ones once they're gone. I really appreciate that perspective. I think it's true, and I think that you might have a hard time seeing that sometimes. I don't disagree, but I think that this person who said this beautiful morsel of wisdom that I obviously agree with probably has the same struggles as anyone else because anyone can say this shit. Anyone can write a motivational quote. Well, I appreciate it just the same. So do I. <laughs> no, I definitely appreciate it, but it's easier said than done, and I think that they would definitely. probably agree with it. Definitely. But I think that's a, a great perspective it's to have It's something good to it. throw out there because, yeah, I mean, people don't think about that. I don't think about that sometimes. Got a message here from marshall.gif. says, my wife taught me how to tattoo. We've been tattooing by each other's side for about five years now. The dynamic of our relationship has grown greatly, while also having a lot to discuss between the two. As you probably guess, a lot of the work goes home with us, discussing day-to-day -day irritants, discussing upcoming stressful appointments, throwing mild tantrums over drawings not coming to us easier. I think we work well to sharpen each other in that we have two brains that have the same goal, get the job done in the best and most efficient manner for the sake of client and our sanity. We've both always been good at recognizing when we need our alone time, and generally, we explore different hobbies, or even have similar hobbies, but with our time to ourselves. On weekends, I'll be in the living room working on maybe a painting, or just fucking off, and she'll be in the office sketching out some designs for the appointments for the week ahead. As far as traveling, she has a great steady clientele and says she's pretty happy to be around here and taking care of clients. Obviously, some traveling is rad. And for me, I'd prefer to be on the road more than I am currently. I've done a good handful of guest spots, but I've got the travel bug a lot throughout the year. I think it takes a very concerted effort to separate the work world and life world, especially when you work with your loved one. We've both been on some self-reflective, ego-killing grind for a while now, and it's leading to a pretty nice outlook in general. I still don't know if it's a job, art form, or magic shaman shit. I think it's all three, and that's what is mildly terrifying. I think I'll always worry that I may not be doing tattooing its proper justice, but these days I'm just living it and not so concerned about my place in it. If there's any advice to be given, I guess it'd be that last sentence. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds like he doesn't really have, he or his wife, they don't really have a reprieve from tattooing at all, and they're cool with that. And so that's a really interesting dynamic. Sometimes I feel like if I was alone, I would be a better tattooer. I'm just going to throw that out there. I wonder that too. I, I feel like you, you might be happier and more fulfilled if you were alone. But at the same time, I think he chose this. So if you choose to be in a relationship, then we both make compromises. It's not just you making the compromise. We both choose this. And it's it's totally different with us because – not only do I not have tattoos and I'm not a tattooer, I just have no interest in having any. And I think sometimes you feel like she doesn't care about what I'm saying. And you you nevertheless come home and talk about the tattoo shit nonstop. And I am interested in it. But I, sometimes, I don't have anything else to say. I know. And it's, sometimes it's like, well, why does he even like, what does he care about my life? Like sometimes you don't ask about my stuff at all and it's like sure I do you just said before that you don't even want to talk about it sometimes <laughs> sometimes I don't but maybe that's because it's it's awkward to talk to, it's awkward to talk to you about it because if sometimes you just don't know what to say we don't know what to talk about but when we're together 
on our days and we are doing something that has nothing to do with tattooing. I've never been happier. But I understand that you need to talk to me about it because if you didn't talk to me about tattoos or podcasts, then what the hell would we talk about? And I hope that you feel like I care. Do you? Great relationship. Great marriage. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? This is great. I'm so glad we did this. Do you have anything to say to that? No, I do. I think it depends on your mood at that moment. And sometimes you you are seemingly more interested and sometimes you aren't. And I try to be sensitive to that because I don't want to pour all that on you if you're just not interested in hearing it in that moment. And sometimes I feel like if I don't listen and act really interested that you will find someone else who cares more. And I don't want you to feel like that because right. I do I do care. It's just, again, I am not in that world. And I feel like I don't – it's hard because I don't know anyone in a relationship like the relationship that I'm in. And it's hard. I, it's It feels isolating sometimes because, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I don't have any tattoos. Like I don't want to hang out in a tattoo shop. I'm just so far away from that that it's hard – I wish I had someone to relate to. Like, if there's anyone out there, hi, if there's anyone out there right now that- probably like (laughs) 10,000 spouses. Write to me because it's nice to know that I'm not alone. It's it's tough because I feel when we go, and it's never been more apparent than when we go to like a shop dinner or something and everyone's tattooed and all the wives are talking about tat stuff and it's like, I just have nothing nothing to contribute. But is that your own choice? Because you've chosen to not be part of that in that way, and nobody is expecting you to be. So is that your own feeling of isolation sometimes? Maybe, yeah. I'm sure. I could do better, but... And I wouldn't want you to act like you care about tat shit. I love the break from tattooing that I get from being in a relationship with you. Yeah, that's why when you were reading the last person's message, right? it's like, that, wow, that's it, it a... just never ends. Right. That just seems so exhausting. I don't know. I don't know what to think. Yeah, I just can't imagine spending like all day and all night with you. <laughs> it's it's I mean, too it's, much. That, I mean, that would be very it's difficult too much. for anybody. No, I agree. That would be very tough. Um, but I can also see if you're both on the same page with a lot of stuff, that could also be a huge support system. Yeah, and you each understand other. each other. No one feels neglected. You just yeah. get it. It puts you on the same page. That maybe some of the things that we don't have in common or or that we haven't still been able to find a complete understanding between each other, I think it might resolve some of those specific things. I feel like a lot of times, because I'm so eager to share with you things in my life and things that are exciting, and they're all work-related. They're all tattoo stuff. Yeah. And a lot of times, I will, all I want to do is tell you something, and I force myself to not say it for as long as possible. And it's I like a, it's like an thing. internal an internal struggle or conflict. I'm saying, don't say it, don't say it, don't don't let the first thing that I say to you after not seeing you all day be something about, oh, I got this email about the podcast, I've got this opportunity, I've got this thing, or oh yeah, today at the shop, this and this, or oh yeah, we just got this new shelf thing at the shop, or this thing, blah blah blah. Like I try to not do that so much in so many cases now because I don't, I know I'm sensitive to not being just that to you all the time that's interesting that you say that the other day at work my boss was like 
something crazy happened. Like we found some really weird, disturbing record on someone. My boss was like, do you go home to Andrew and just like tell him about all the crazy shit that happened at work? And I said, no. The things that happen at his job are way crazier. I feel like I have nothing to compare. I don't even talk about it because you have these like wild stories that happen every day no. <laughs> something really exciting no, oh i'm getting interviewed exciting, for this magazine i'm getting this like awesome sponsor it's something huge happening and i feel like i don't have that there have been times where you've said that everything that you tell me is so great and one how could i ever compare to that and two i just don't feel that so am i not living a life that's great what do you mean like you've said stuff like that to me in the past and it's made me it's made me apprehensive to share certain things with you because I don't want to just You don't be want me like, to feel bad. Well, I don't want to share like the highlight reel. Yeah. And then you feel like because it's just different. We have different aspirations. Mhm. And I'm like I'm on this quest to like climb this ladder of like creating this podcast and like and a huge part of that is putting myself out there online in a way that I haven't before. But like the whole thing is to get as many people to know about the show as possible mm -hmm. like that's the goal because you want people to hear what you're doing yeah and, and i think that's uh, it's things are better between us the more that i understand that because in my life work's important but it's not everything family is important friends are important things outside of work are important and for you it's like work 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 is key and that's another thing is you've had like a very solid core group of friends that you grew up with that you are still tight with. Yeah, and it takes a lot of work to do that. Yeah. No, you guys put it in because you don't all live close together. You've all got lives and families and jobs and careers, all this stuff, and you guys make it work where you make sure to get together a handful of times a year and stay in touch constantly. You guys are always talking, and I don't have that. I've got friends. I've got great people that I love from my past that I grew up with. But we don't stay in touch the same way, not even close. Yeah, I don't know if that's something that fulfills you. For me, it's I that makes me, they make me feel like the person I'm supposed to be and that is really fulfilling. But yeah. for you, it's sometimes I worry that because your job is so all-consuming that you let relationships fade away and family isn't a priority. And I just, yeah, sometimes I just don't understand. For me, it's so important. And for you, you just don't have the time to maintain these relationships. And I, I worry about it because well, tattooing might not always be there. What if something happens? What if it's, what if you need the support of family or friends and you haven't done the work to maintain that? What can I do better it's for you? It's just about understanding each other and talking and communicating and being on the same page. Mm -hmm. I think if we talk about it, and we get each other, then we're not the, we're not going to feel resented. I hope I hope that's the situation. <laughs> I don't know. I don't feel resented, but I also feel like yeah, I'm you've a, never I'm been mad at me in your entire life. Well, ever. I do, I do. I just don't. You've never felt. I would like to know when. Last night. You were mad you at me last real? night. Well, but I'm not mad at you. Like I'm going to come home and yell at you. I don't hold a grudge against you because you're just you're just so. Oh, kind. because I gave you because oh, I gave you a hard time about being late. That's because you told you to, I, the power went out. I was sitting here in the fucking dark for hours. Like, could I didn't you do it. could you come home and, and like do what shine a flashlight terrifying. on your face? Oh, you're being dramatic. We're out in the woods. Anyway, 
<laughs> yeah. So you said this is this is the thing about being disappointed constantly. It's just that I just know how you're. I know what's going to happen. You say you're going to be home by seven thirty. It's eight o'clock. You're not home. No, no. That, okay, that's not true. Yeah, I was home at seven forty. So seven forty. I was yeah, home at seven forty. You hadn't left by seven thirty or something. so. I did though. Anyway, so it's just you, you have a really. Yeah, I do, but you have a really hard time keeping. Well, if anyone who's still listening. If they know anything about me. Why are me, you even listening if you don't care about this? I have a hard home. time. I have a hard time with time management, and that is part of that. Let's listen to a fucking voicemail. Is that okay with you? Whatever. You're going to resent me for it? Whatever. <laughs> I hope if you're listening, you're enjoying this or feeling something from mm-hmm. it. I feel like this is the kind of stuff <laughs> I like to listen to because you can either say, I relate to this. It's nice to know that I'm not alone. Or it's like, Jesus Christ, I'm so glad this is not me. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> There's got to be someone out there who can relate. Gotta of course. Be, it's just like maybe a couple people. This is not groundbreaking shit here. This is all, it's, not. it's pretty standard issue, I, I would think. Let's read another message here. Chris says, so the main reason I am writing to you is because I saw your Instagram story regarding the balance of work and personal life. Where do you even begin with that? Do any of us actually know how to make it work? It is the biggest struggle of my life. I've been tattooing for almost 10 years now, and my partner is incredibly supportive, with the exception of the amount of time that I spend at the studio. This sounds very familiar to this conversation we've been having, correct? Right? absolutely. Chris continues. She is a nurse, and so she works incredibly long, hard hours too. There are some months where I only see her awake two days out of the month. That is tough. That is tough. That's because definitely worse I think than a our nurse, situation. I mean, I think about tattooers and it's like, yeah, we always bring our work home. We're always drawing. We've always got things that we have to do and it's demanding. But a nurse, that is long and often crazy hours, overnights, doubles. Like that is, to me, there should be podcasts about people who are in marriages and relationships with people in medical profession because that is tough do you remember when i used to work overnights and doubles it was crazy sucks we were young then yeah chris continues both of our jobs put our relationship under an incredible strain more so my own i usually spend around 60 to 80 hours a week at the studio and have limited structure to my free time naturally that is going to put pressure on a relationship the hardest thing about the situation is that i actually don't mind that's terrible, isn't it? I know I should care more and maybe adjust my priorities, but the truth is I am happiest whilst I'm at the studio. What do you think about that, Rach? I, I, that says a lot. I mean, I, I wonder if you're not prioritizing. It's hard to say prioritizing, but it sounds like there's something lacking in your home life if your work life is taking over because with you I feel like obviously you care enough about our relationship to make it work and make sacrifices but it sounds like Chris isn't willing to make sacrifices and well it could be working though we don't know yet I mean again I'm going to go back to what's been mentioned before you're we're in control of how much we work or what we do so 
if you're working 60 to 80 hours a week, why do you need to do that? Is it a financial reason or are you just doing it because you're happy there? It sounds like you're neglecting your relationship with your wife for some reason. And it sounds like there's there's other things going on here. We don't know that. Sounds like it. It kind of sounds like a long distance relationship that isn't long distance. Yeah, like I said, it's something's going on. Why do you not mind working so much? I can understand being so enamored with tattooing that it can feel like that's where you're happiest. Yeah, but if this happened with us, if you're working 60 to 80 hours a week and you don't mind, how does your wife feel? Well, she's got her whole own thing going on in this case. I get case. it. Like, that's I get a lot it. for her, too. She's, yeah, she has totally. probably, I would be comfortable saying, a way more demanding job. Definitely. And a, an emotionally straining job. And um, and she probably just wants to chill when she's off as well. So maybe this is a good fit because they're you, both. Do you think, do you think though, like as a, as a nurse, you don't really get to choose how much you work. You work and you're assigned these shifts and you have to do it. Whereas a tattooer, yeah, you might have shifts, but you, I feel like you have a little more control over, you, no one's working the typical tattooer is not working 80 hours a week. Tell me I'm wrong. What does 80 hours a week look like? Well, a normal person's job work is 40 hours a week. I work I work more than that, but around 40 hours a week. So you're working double what a normal person works? Why, how is that? You don't have to. Did you just throw that pizza on the floor? I dropped a piece. Sorry. The normal person doesn't work 80 hours a week. So That's a lot. Why, why are you doing that? Let's continue. Chris writes, tattooing, drawing, designing, and even just talking to and being with the other artists at the shop actually makes me more happy and content than being at home does. I might have to censor his last name because I don't know if he wants me to read this. <laughs> okay. His his nurse wife probably isn't listening to this fucking stupid podcast anymore. <laughs> or maybe she is. She wants to know what uh, it's really all about. I'm going to stay out of this one, Chris, but we'll, I'll censor your last name. He continues. It's a shame because it's both a sad and positive situation at the same time in my mind. Sad, absolutely, as what I do here is slowly but surely destroying my tenure relationship at home. It sucks. And I know that my love for tattooing will always prevail. And so no matter how much I would like the relationship to work, it is very likely that my love of the job and the life in the tattoo community will eventually cause us to separate. It sounds like you'd... I'm sorry, this might be too much, but it sounds like you don't really, as much as you want your relationship to work, it doesn't really sound like you want to put in the effort to make it work, to be honest. I mean, you're acting like it's it's out of your control, but it sounds like it really is within your control. You're spending all this time at work when I just don't know why you have to spend twice as much as the average person. I think tattooing is one of those things where it's, it's always the excuse if you need it, but then sometimes it also is truly the excuse. Why, why What do you is think that? it is here? It's, like I said before, it sounds like there's something not, something else that's not fulfilling you that... Because we do love tattooing, and right. it is obsessive, as you can attest to. You've seen it firsthand. Yeah, well, then I guess I'd ask you, what do you think is going on here? I don't know. I think you know. I mean, to me, it just sounds like he might be ready to move on from the relationship. Yeah, I agree. Or maybe it's 
with their schedules combined, it almost sounds like a feeling of what's the point? Yeah, again, though, is I feel like, do you not agree that he could make some compromises? Everyone can always make compromises in some ways. Absolutely. I'm sure she could as well. Sure. I think that's the key, too, is that if a situation becomes overwhelming, yeah, someone's going to have to make a compromise. And it, it you might not both be able to make that compromise. It might have to be one person or the other. But someone's going to have to compromise. But from your point of view, it sounds like you think that a tattooer can always make that point of view because you think that we're yeah, I we're know. all self, uh, I don't know, self-managed. I guess I'm, ass- I'm assuming that he is working more than he has to because he wants to. But I could be wrong. I could, he could, he might have another reason for working twice as much as an average person works. Well, like we've talked about previously in this conversation, it's, there is a feeling that you just need to be doing certain things. You need to be at the shop. Again, like you, I guess you could spend that much time at your shop, but I've made the decision. I've made the decision that I, I've chosen my relationship. Yeah. But that's not to say that. Obviously, because there's a reason for it. If we had a relationship where it just didn't seem worth it, then I think, yeah, you wouldn't. We wouldn't be here right now. Obviously, it's so hard to compare. It is. It's really hard because nobody's the same. We're not the same as these this couple or any couple or anything. Yeah, and there's always other things going on that we don't know about. I. It's funny because I really (laughs) didn't. Sorry, Chris. I don't mean to attack you. Yeah, sorry, Chris. But this is good for conversation. This is the whole point. But. Yeah, I didn't think we were going to be like judging other people's relationship, but I guess that's... <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm just questioning why do you need to be sure. at the shop 80 hours a week? That's a lot. That is a lot. It's a lot. But that's what? It's like 10 days a week. <laughs> that's a lot. Chris, you're doing it. I hope your tattoos are nice. More than that? I hope your yeah, tattoos no, are slick. Hold on. You, you put your website in here. Let me click on it. Uh. Okay, so this won't be in it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. It doesn't Chris, matter. Chris, look, you got it some shit to deal with in your life. <laughs> I'm just like. kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, no, can I not? No, Chris, you do nice tattoos. Uh, but first, let, oh no, let me continue. Let me, there's more email here. Oh. I really appreciate everyone who like truly writes these thoughtful messages to me, and I get a lot of emails and DMs and stuff, and um, I really do appreciate it. So thank you. Uh, let's see here. Chris continues. On the flip side, I know that this proves I'm certainly doing what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. If I was ever given that ultimatum between my personal life and being a tattoo artist, tattoo artist wins every time. I'm not sure if that is a good thing to say. I'm not sure if that makes me a bad person. Certainly a neglectful person. I have no doubt about that, and I'm not proud of it. I'm not sure, though. This is like such an honest email. It Chris, is. Thank you. Yeah, I don't think it makes you a bad person. I just no. think it. It just you're just being honest about what your priorities are. Well, he finished off and he said, "Sorry to go off on that, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a chance to say that to anyone else properly. And when you posted the question, I guess I just saw it as an opportunity to speak out. Apologies in advance if you do eventually read through all of that. <laughs> it was good to get it out there, though. Man." I think that's why we feel for you, Chris. It's tough. No, it is tough. And I can't even lie and say that I haven't felt some of those feelings. I don't know what that sound is. This thing's falling out of my pocket, I guess. I'm getting too comfortable over here. All right. What is, why do you, what's in your pocket? 
money bags over here. Change? Jeez. This is like the loosest podcast I've ever made. Extended. If anyone else is listening, we will forge ahead. (laughs) This is fun. I guess, why do you feel like you're different from Chris? What do you feel like, or how do you feel like you're the same? Is that significant though? I mean, does it really matter? How do you think you're the same? It does matter. I think we share a love for tattooing that is undeniable. And while we may have different priorities as far as, I mean, I value the relationship that I have in my life. You want to hear another one? Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. I think this one's got a little bit of advice. Someone who has some things figured out in her life. And um, let's see what we think. Someone has it figured out. <laughs> let's see what having it figured out looks like. Hey, Andrew, this is Don Smith from Detroit, Michigan. Hi, Don. Hey, Don. <laughs> um, I'm calling about the work-life balance that you're planning to uh, air pretty soon, and I just wanted to talk about that because I am a tattooer, a mother, a wife, a shop owner, a painter. Many hats to wear, Don. And then I also take up various other hobbies. And the way I do it is I schedule everything and I manage my time really wisely and I get up super early. And I'm t- I knew that. That's the way. You do need to get up. Time early. management. You have to just get up so early. You just can't do it. How do you do it all, Don? Honest question. Let's find out that I try my best to operate at a high peak mental state and I put myself in that mental state in the morning. I give myself one hour every morning where I exercise, meditate, do yoga, whatever it is I need to do to put myself in a mental state to, to tackle my day and try to accomplish as many things as possible. It's kind of crazy, but that's what it takes have to work 10 times harder than anyone else is willing to work anyway i hope that's helpful and i hope that that advice is useful for someone out there take care thank you don uh that is helpful but unfortunately it's not like a life hack it's just like do the hard thing and change your life which is not easy no no it's not easy but if you have all of these things that you're trying to juggle. She's forced to do these things because she's in a position where she has all these things that she not only has to do, but then all the things that she wants to do. And she made the decision to do the hard thing. And maybe it wasn't hard. Some people are, I think, like I think you, Rachel, are naturally uh, much better at managing your time. Yeah, I think I'm, <laughs> I think the difference between us is that I'm very like fear and anxiety driven. And that that really does whip me into shape in regards to time management. And so I have all of these, I mean, I guess it's not different. I have these internal pressures, which is what you have as well. They're just coming from different places, but that really motivates me. But I know that all the things that I do, and I guess this is the one biggest thing that I hope that you know about me, if we're going to start summing these things up, is that all the things that I do and I'm talking outside of our relationship, I'm talking work stuff. These are things that fulfill me so much and that taking on this podcast, which I has certainly snowballed 
to be a much bigger and more time-consuming project than either of us ever thought it would be. It gives me so much more dimension in my life, and I feel like I'm a better tattooer because of it, and I feel like I'm a better person because of it, because I think the root of it started because I'm looking to learn how to be a better person. And we talk about tattoo shit on here. But I think even as of late, the show is less about the actual tattooing and more about how it all fits into the world. Yeah, I feel like you're doing... Not that you weren't doing good things before, but I feel like with the new season of this podcast, it's a little more meaningful. And I feel like you're doing great things. I'm proud of you. Well, thanks. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm just selfishly sharing my own journey. I don't think it's selfish. I think it's nice to have people relate to you if if they can. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, all this stuff, all the time I put into it, I don't think I could have it any other way. If it wasn't this, it would probably be something else. Definitely. And so I'm glad that I, I don't know. I was just going to like compare it to something, but I don't want to like put down anyone else's thing either. (laughs) Mm. Because I'm trying to grow as a person. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's sum this up. I don't know even. What what did we accomplish here? We're just letting people know what our situation is. We're just laying it out there. Yeah, I guess that's all we can do. Well, Rachel, Mm. I always call you Rach. Yeah, don't say my full name. It makes me feel like I'm in trouble. I feel like I've never heard you actually say my name. I don't have other names for you. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) I don't know. Thanks for doing this. Yep. I love you. Love you too. I've never said that to a guest on this podcast. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> I have felt love for people that I've had on this Even podcast. In love but with not in the same way. Great. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for letting me be the person I am, flawed. And um and if anyone's still listening to this fucking episode, <laughs> I would think that they would probably thank you as well for allowing me to <laughs> take time from our lives <laughs> to put into this little computer screen. And to be down here in the basement filming myself talking when you're trying to sleep so you can get up early for work. You're all so very welcome. (laughs) Thank you for listening. This has been a unique episode of Books Closed. As always, I'm Andrew Stortz, and you can follow me on Instagram at Andrew Stortz, S-T-O-R-T-Z. And I'm Rachel Stortz, and I have nothing going on with my life, so don't follow me anywhere. Bye, suckers. No, you can follow Rachel on Instagram. <laughs> she Don't. It's private. Don't follow me. She fancies herself uh, a beer connoisseur. So you can follow her at Hey Hey IPA. You and you can, can see her beer ventures. <laughs> she only did agree to be on the show so she could get a little clout on the uh, Instagram. Seriously. She's, she's doing it for the gram. Hmm. And if any of you have anything to share, please write to me. Andrew at booksclosed.com. Or you can DM me on Instagram. I do like to hear about this stuff because, again, I'm I'm here for the I'm here for the interactions. I want to hear about it too. Yeah, maybe we'll do a follow up with uh, messages. So if you have anything to add, if you want to correct us, if you want to tell us that we're off base, or if you want to agree, whatever it is, let's talk about it. Thank you once more to our sponsors this week: Machine Machine Co. and Eternal Inc. If you want to keep up with the show, check out booksclosedpodcast.com. It's got all the info. You can buy merch. You can check out all the episodes, watch the videos, stream everything I've ever done. It's all there, booksclosedpodcast.com. 
And if you enjoy the show, please hit up iTunes and put a rating or review on there. Unless you don't like the show, then don't bother. And that's it. Thank you. Ta-ta.